Welcome to the Financial MD Show. This is the only podcast designed specifically for residents and young physicians to help you become educated on financial planning for physicians and avoid many of the common financial mistakes doctors make. Your hosts, John and Trevor, explore a different topic with each episode. John Salitro is a financial planner and certified financial education instructor. He's been working with young physicians for the better part of a decade and lectures to graduate medical programs around the country. Dr. Trevor Smith is a board-certified ophthalmologist with a full-time practice, and he has learned the ins and outs firsthand, what it takes to make smart financial decisions as a young physician. And now, here's your hosts, John and Trevor. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Financial MD Show. We've got a great conversation for you today. Trevor and I talk a little bit about where to find good financial education other than Financial MD. Obviously, there's some great resources here that I could brag about, but we're going to point you in some additional directions, um, ways to get information passively, ways to get educated from good sources in a timely manner that that work for you, that are actionable, things that you can do uh, passively between shifts, between patients. Uh, We know that things are busy, but you still do need information. Unfortunately, what we find is that so many residents and medical students get ignored because they don't have any money or it's just not a focus on them. And there's so much more you can find on being and attending with money. So we hope to point you in some good direction today, give you some actionable items. Um, Of course, you'll hear some humorous banter from me and Trevor, but uh, without any further ado, here's today's show. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to today's episode of the Financial MD Show. I have, as always, my partner in financial education, Dr. Trevor Smith. Hey, hey. Hello, and myself, John Salitro, bringing you once again the latest and greatest in how to be a resident well. And a lot of our stuff obviously applies to anyone, but um, we're looking out for the younger guys, the medical students, the residents, as you're getting through and trying to figure out what to do, what can you do, how to do it right. And um, we can tell you some ways how to do it wrong too, if you're interested, for sure, that'll come up. Um, If you missed our last show where we talked about buying or renting, we talked about some mistakes and things we've learned in the process for sure. So go back and check that out. I think that was episode three or four. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So today we're going to talk a little bit more broadly about educating yourself. So You've gone through undergrad, you may be in med school now, you may be in residency, but you're starting to figure out and it's starting to hit home that, okay, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm going to make money, I need to get smart about what to do with that money. In Trevor's case, for example, from an early age, Trevor was educating himself and trying to take some very proactive steps. We talked about in episode one how Trevor and I met and it was simply because He was one of those uh, residents that was a bit of an anomaly in the sense that he was thinking about this stuff way ahead of most of his peers, good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, we got connected because obviously I like talking about it. He liked talking about it. And so we talked about it. And he was for sure one of the uh, 
more knowledgeable residents on finances, personal finance, um, investing, insurance, all those different areas. So we had a lot to talk about and he was uh, enjoyable to talk to, not like those other there's always, whenever I go to lectures and residency programs, there's always the one that's in the back of the room and, you know, raising his hand saying, um, well, actually I read, <laughs> but, uh, no, so that's, uh, I'm glad Trevor's here to help us talk about this of what's out there for residents, um, and what are some of the places that we can help steer you to. So t- today's going to be kind of a resource show. Um, yeah. So Trevor, what's, what's on your mind? Where would you start when it comes to resident finance? Great question. I, when you were talking about um, how I was, I was interested in the subject early on at my first thought was my program director telling me to study more (laughs) ophthalmology (laughs) and to focus on other things later. And I do think it's definitely important to focus on, on your residency training, but if you're putting, and you already are putting 99% of your time into reading the required textbooks and studying for that main exam every year. um, If you occasionally read an article online and it has a super high yield impact on your financial future, you know, that's, that's okay too. So I spent probably a little bit more time on that stuff. And I found, you know, you and I have been talking about just, I've been reflecting how much I find stuff interesting just naturally, you know, not everybody feels that way, but just an article here or there is not a bad way to to start. The motivated people in these areas are probably going to read naturally a little bit more, pick up, probably not even pick up a book, but just read some, you know, white coat investor, probably specific to topics. Um, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, what kind of curriculum, you know, if I, if I was to write a book on this, like, what would I want to write? And I thought, you know, certainly it would have been easier if I had somebody like you who gave me a plan and a trajectory and steps that would probably rank at the top of the smartest ways like to do it. Um, highest yield amount of time. You don't, you don't charge very much. Obviously it's, it's a, you do more of a fee based um Mm -hmm. for residents but uh i think if you just randomly try to address your individual questions which you're like oh you know i'm trying to i've heard a roth ira is a no-brainer maybe Mm -hmm. i should look up a roth ira like i think a lot of people kind of can benefit from that in residency and anything you've heard that is like a no-brainer in finance um as long as it's not going to make somebody a bunch of money on a sales commission like whole life or something yeah, it's worth a Google, you know, just, you know, everyone has their phone with them. You, you go to the bathroom with your phone half the time people usually do, right? Yeah. I mean, take a moment and read that article that, that like thing you've been meaning to Google that you've been anxious about Googling that you keep pushing off that like thing that you don't want to try to look up more information, even though you know you should. That's usually like the first thing you should go do. Yeah. And Tim Ferriss talks about that a lot. He's like, what's that thing that you know you uh should do but you haven't and you don't want to do because it feels like a lot of work even though it's not like do that thing just just start with that just do Mm. that thing i think for the people who aren't going to like pick up a whole book that's a good that's a good way to start um but man 
if uh, I was to do it over again, I think having somebody in my corner like you, it sounds like an advertisement. I'm trying to make it not sound like an advertisement, but sure, we can it's, generalize. It's it's true though. You have worked with lots of people. It's it's one of those things you're like, I don't know how I went about not um, getting somebody more official, especially at like a low rate. Um, yeah, because I mean, it does all the, you do all of, the work for you. Yeah, but I think there's a certain amount of talk. Talk me out of out of your services. I mean, kind of to a degree. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the it costs what money. I see that's is, the downside, right? I mean, that's it. Yeah, I'd <laughs> say it's that's it. And I think there's this uh, not a stigma, but this feeling people have, like, well, I really. I mean, there's not much that I can do anyway. I probably wouldn't be utilizing this guy's time really well. I'm just a resident. I don't make that much money. What can I really do? I want to learn, right. but I don't want to actually meet with a financial planner. And then there's the the next level of it, which is legitimate. You know, I don't know this guy. I don't want to tell him about my financial life. I don't know if I yeah, trust him. Yeah, that makes sense. I've yeah. heard some sleazy things about financial advisors and blah, blah, blah. Sure. Like, so there's some, bar- some mental barriers there. Yes. So that's probably a good thing to bring up is what are the barriers that are preventing you from not just meeting with a financial planner, but taking action on anything. Mm-hmm. And from the very small end, mm-hmm. like you're saying, Tim Ferriss said, what's the barrier that's keeping you from just taking that step of researching something right. or doing whatever. And to then, you know, you can have a paralysis by analysis and you can get inundated right. with information and knowledge, but knowledge without execution is meaningless, right? Right. You can know all this stuff. Yeah. And- yeah. The other, the other thing I was just thinking as you were saying that is, you know, it is, there's, there's hesitations, there's this and that. I was talking with a friend looking at a car recently and doing like, and I was kind of helping and just enjoying looking at the process of maximizing value. I mean, that's why I like this stuff. Like, what's the best deal? Consumer mm-hmm. reports up and down the board. Yeah. Okay, all-wheel drive, SUV, uh, Mazda CX-5 is a great value. Lexus RX-350 is a great value. Even old, you can pick up, you know, a 2010, a 2012. They're going to drive for a long time. It's like a Corolla. But if you want an SUV, all-wheel drive, it's it's a good one. Um, and it's like, how how can you maximize the value there? And how can you... Once you have and you've deliberated and deliberated, you know, there comes a point where you just have to actually like put the money down. You have to pull the trigger. Yep. And that's the other thing Tim Ferriss says. He's like, if you're if you're gonna try to make a decision, you know, making a decision and then changing it back uh is fine. You know, try to make a reversible decision, try to make it as fast as you can, because you're losing more by waiting and not trying that than you are by trying it and then canceling it. So like you want to try a financial advisor, find one that's not, you know, too expensive. Okay. Now you try to, uh, you know, cheaper and inexpensive financial advisor. Doesn't mean all financial advisors are bad, you know, but at least you, you tried one. If, if you didn't like it and it was cheap, well, maybe you need to pay a little bit more for higher quality. You know, I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. there's just different things you learn along the way. I tried that with a tax, um, like a a tax strategist guy Mm -hmm. who's a CPA and, you know, it just ended up kind of for, for the cheap price I was paying, not cheap, but, you know, the low end of, yeah. of the offerings that are available on White Coat's site. 
it ended up being cheap advice for a cheap price, you know? Right. right. Um, so anyways, yeah, I'd say, I don't know why we're talking about Tim Ferriss so much, but you know, <laughs> do that thing that you've been thinking about the thing, you know, you should be figuring out. Um, and then he also talks about outsourcing. So, I mean, having an advisor oh, yeah. is that other strategy. It's basically like, if you're going to Tim Ferriss, your finances, you're either going to like do the hardest thing. If you don't want to outsource it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're not sure what to do, just try something, do something. Um, you know, ask a friend, uh, you, everybody knows one person that is a little more interested in this stuff, you know, ask their friend, what do you think? Um, and then if they give you a strong piece of advice, say, well, how do you know that's true? You know, it's, that's a good step too. try to figure out, you know, what mm-hmm. you're learning. Is it, is it true? How can you validate it? Yeah. Go back um, to the source and just. Yeah. A good way to ask that, you know, maybe not, is it true, but, oh, really, where'd you hear that? Or, oh, where'd you read that? Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> Where be... can I learn more about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, that's kind of like a big picture approach, but it's kind of how I've done it, which is a little slower than going straight to an expert source. Um, you know, some people just have to learn by making their own mistakes. Yeah, but don't people uh, do that with medicine too? I mean, patients are Googling crap all day long before they talk to a doctor. And by yeah. the time they get to the doctor, they have some preconceived notion of what they have. We get that in financial planning all the time, for sure. Mm-hmm. I get second-guessed um, by people. Oh, yeah. Me bad. too. Me too. I, yeah. I get it. And I, I, I absolutely don't mind the questions. I really don't. Um, now, if they start to fight me on something or say, this is what I need, then take a hike. But if it's like, well, don't you think I should be doing this or shouldn't I be putting more of my student loans or this or that? And, you know, I'll usually say, Hey, that's a fair question. Let's talk about that. And here's, here's my mm-hmm. rationale. And it usually means I haven't explained my rationale very well, or yep. they just need to get this Same. off their chest and yep. they just want to be more yeah. educated. Yeah. Especially, I think, I didn't appreciate that as much as a resident in the patient interaction. Like the, the art of medicine, it's a, people talk about that a lot. I'm only like two years out, right? And I'm already mm-hmm. like, wow, I'm getting substantially better at addressing what a person is asking when they're not asking. That, that uh, they're, they're saying something yes. and they're, they're, they're asking a question, but they're not really asking that question. There's a different question behind that question. The question behind the question. That's yeah. It's cool. It's I didn't think I would like that part of medicine, to be honest. I kind of found it frustrating in residency. Mm -hmm. But then over time you realize like that's kind of the I don't know, that's how you really make people happy. You like really can satisfy Mm -hmm. uh your your patients a bit more by by learning what they're thinking. You know, where are they coming from? What are what are they trying to say and walk away with Mm -hmm. um yeah and that's um, anyways yeah that's uh, in fact i had a conversation this morning with um one of my favorite clients she's um her husband's the resident and she's um very knowledgeable on finances and so when we first started the relationship i knew this was going to be a um not a challenge but it would be a a challenge that I was up for and enjoyed because she asked a ton of questions and I could tell by her questions that she knew what she was talking about. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, she asked about a CFP and I said, yeah, I'm in the process of getting my CFP. And like, we talked about all these things. And, um, and so, um, I said to myself, okay, if I'm going to bring these on as clients, I better be prepared to make sure I know my stuff and that I'm explaining it well. And, um, we had a conversation this morning, she and I, cause she had asked a question by email a week ago and was like, Hey, so I, I could tell by her email that she wasn't completely satisfied with the last review that we had had. And, um, I think if I was younger or newer, I would have freaked out and just been like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to say here. Like I did mm. my best and it's not good enough. They're going to mm-hmm. leave me. But, um, I just sat down with her and said, Hey, so it sounds like, um, maybe our expectations or what you expect from financial planners, maybe not exactly what I'm delivering, which is fine. Um, most of my physicians are good with, you know, talking every six months and I look at their stuff and we talk and I tell them what to do and they walk away and that's what, that's what they wanted. They just wanted someone to tell them what to do and they really don't need an Mm -hmm. explanation or an education and they just want to know what to do right now. And then they know in six months, there'll be more stuff to do. And I'll tell them then and give them do to do list. And, um, I said, if that's not, if that doesn't work for you, that's, totally fine. I'm open to being flexible on that. And, um, would it help if I structured it this way? And I, you know, the, the output that I give you or the kind of deliverable or take home looks more like this and shows more detail in these areas. And, um, it was a really, it ended up being a really good conversation. And she felt like, I think she felt like she was heard and, um, Mm -hmm. I was flexible and just said, yeah, that's, you know, this isn't necessarily a cookie cutter process. Um, and she's one that I value their relationship and I'll, I can't do that for everybody because we just don't have that much time, but you know, once in a while, you don't need to, you don't, I don't need to. And that's the, it's, yeah, I remember learning in some of my training years ago, um, some leadership training that I took, uh, Andy Stanley said, do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone. Because people always operate with this mentality of, well, I can't treat this customer this way because then I'm going to treat everybody that way. And rarely does that, that never happens, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's, um, I've been trying to handle it that way. And um, she just wanted to know that I was truly answering all the questions that she had and wanted to see some rationale of why, you know, I think, they trust me, but they just still like to, that's just how she ticks and that's fine. Um, totally. And that's the same way with some of your patients. I'm sure like they just want to oh, know yeah. that they're heard and you're hearing them and their concerns are being addressed and, um, they trust you, but their personality, right. they're probably the engineer types or whatever are just wired to, okay. I just want to know what your thought process was. Right. Yeah. So, and you're, you're right. There's, yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, it's a service industry, right? You're you're in a mm-hmm. service industry. I'm in a service industry, and it's sometimes it's annoying to have that patient in your chair, frankly, because they're they're difficult. You know, it's it's emotionally uh, more taxing, and it you know in the end maybe maybe that person's more satisfied later. Maybe they're not. Maybe they maybe you sat there for 20, 30 minutes and sometimes no exaggeration. It it can be that long. If somebody really, really is feeling like they need, you know, something more and you give them all the time you possibly could and you're running behind. And then that's the patient that 
um, didn't feel like you paid attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every, any, any physician of any kind or PA or whatever listening to this will totally, you know, think of their most recent person in the last week or two that, that's yeah. been similar to that. And you can go, you can go a month, two months without having one that really stands out, but there's always like, you know, there's varying degrees. Um, and there's a different kind of satisfaction sometimes I too, too, I think in providing that even like above and beyond level of care and time generosity for that individual when they might not even be grateful for it. And um, that's more on the medicine side, not so much on the finance stuff, but Hmm. um, no, I've certainly had those experiences too. Yeah. So, and I, I know when people do that for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and a customer service thing, and I really do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And I try to, because of being in service, I, I try to express it more than I would otherwise. Um, but just because I don't doesn't mean I'm not grateful. So I think it's, I feel like yeah. I'm just, it's a, this is just a good reminder for me, you know, just even if you don't feel like somebody's grateful, it doesn't mean they're not. And uh, it's, it's good to provide that, that extra. Sure. But back to finance. What were we talking about? Right. <laughs> good life lessons. <laughs> I, um, uh, so we were talking about, I'm not sure, but let's uh, get into some other ways. Education for yeah, re- other for ways residents. they can get things, things residents can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on that note of uh, taking action, like doing something, the thing that I love and I talk about in my lectures all the time is that mm-hmm. um, there is technology that you can automate. Okay, so once you learn something, like I need yeah. to get a Roth IRA or I need to get a budget or I need to get disability insurance or whatever the case might be, there is technology that you can put into place to even before that part to help educate you, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. um, for example, I follow the same people that probably a lot of people listening here do like the white co-investor and mm-hmm. uh, physician on fire and all these guys. And, um, I have them on Twitter. And so I set it up so I get notified when the white co-investor comes out with something and mm-hmm. I will have, I use an app called Feebly for my blog collections. Um, what do you use, Trevor? I don't have a blog collector. I the ones that really stick with me. Because, oh, I use Medium, so I'll, I'll subscribe to mm-hmm. um, channels or, or users or whatever on on Medium. I like okay. that. So you can do both channels and individuals, gotcha. and then I get little. Maybe it's even daily um, emails. That's a nice one. You can write on there too. As well as you know, just read other people's work. Yeah, I uh, uh, Twitter. Twitter's a big one. Twitter, and then, right? Uh, Instagram. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Instagram. I don't use a ton um, for for learning. Mm-mm. For that, to me, that's a bit more um, social. But yeah, so I, I like Twitter quite a bit. Actually, I f- I feel like I've learned a lot in the last year or two. You also get very differing opinions on Twitter, just due to the yeah the nature of it, but I don't think, I think there's a significant percentage of people in the medical world that are not really going to get into Twitter. The, I think the high yield things are the, the financial blogs and you can subscribe to those pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as you go on the site, there's like a pop-up like, Hey, give us your email right now. Yep. So you'll definitely get lots of email from those people. Yeah. And that's good, probably um, the main ones. 
and books. Uh, I mean, I think books are better. Honestly, I think the books books are best. Okay. Um, people sit down and so intentionally organize their thoughts when they write a book. I think that's very when the current kind of blog style. It's very underrated um, to read a book. Um, physical book doesn't matter. Whatever. I mean, you can get a Kindle and read it like a PDF if you want to. Yeah. But like one of my favorite ones I have right here is I will teach you to be rich. It's just yeah. so, it's so well organized and it's, you know, it's in an order and it's mentally in my mind, like these are the steps and, um, and yet you can still flip through it and look for answers to certain things. I like that. I think that, uh, that's an excellent resource for people that are just trying to figure stuff out. Okay. That's a great one. Um, yeah, on that topic, what books would I recommend for that area? Um, I think everyone should read through Dave Ramsey's book. Um, Finding Total Money Makeover. Total Money Makeover, yep. Yeah, that's for a good sure. one. It's a good place to make sure you're you're thinking right about money and debt and budgeting and all those things. Um, probably the White Coat Investors book. Um, have you mm-hmm. read that one, Trevor? I've skimmed it. I haven't read the whole thing. No. Um, maybe you can I, get everything. From I took his course. Blog. Okay. I took I took the Fire Your Financial Advisor course. It's basically his book. Yeah. In like little mini videos okay. over and over. Yeah, guys like um, that have a lot of different, you know, bloggers and these educators have so many different ways to get the same information. Is probably what you find, right? There's yeah, a lot it's of fresh redundant. Stuff for That's why sure, I didn't read but, the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, between it's his YouTube redundant. videos, his yeah. podcast, his blog, his book, his Twitter feed, his emails, <laughs> like you want to make sure yeah. you don't miss anything. That's the way to do it. Um, but yeah. you know, we, we certainly do the same thing. We've got this podcast, we've got the YouTube didactic minute videos, we've got the blogs, we've got everything. So nothing Correct. wrong with that. Um, other books, um, I mean, I would say the seven habits of highly effective people. And I think that has a bearing on personal finance because it, one of the biggest takeaways from that book for me, the, one of the habits was begin with the end in mind and Mm -hmm. making decisions, especially in finances on beginning with the end in mind and, um, making sure, like you said, every decision can be reversed, right? Is that how you put it? Yeah, I was saying uh, make make reversible decisions. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, make make reversible decisions quickly. Really, I guess is the idea. Yeah, quickly, right? So, for example, um, what would be one? Um, getting something like an app like Mint or Personal Capital or something for tracking your budget. Like, mm-hmm. okay, no big deal. If I don't like it, I'll delete it. it doesn't affect me financially. It's free. Um, just get something. Do something right, is, is kind of the gist of what that's saying. Now, something like disability insurance, you know, should you go after it? Yeah, um, that's not so easily reversible in the sense of, can you always cancel it? Yeah, you might be out a few months yeah. premium if you're like, oh, I made a dumb decision here. So again, not the end of the world. And, you know, it might cost you a hundred bucks in a couple months of spent premium that you learned a lesson of whatever and you're going to do much better next time. Um mm-hmm. Things like that. You know, starting a Roth IRA, what do you have to lose? Probably nothing, I guess, unless you invested in some I mean, stocks inside of it. Yeah, and you can take all those individual one, individual decisions. 
And I was thinking in terms of just like get a get a one time um, financial plan. You know, just put it put it all down in. Um, you know, a lot of, I'm sure you can pay monthly for different like fee yeah. only financial advising. Just like try it once, you know, pick, pick yep. one that's like not going to crush you financially. You know, if you throw down $500 or even more on a one-time financial plan, even if it's just, it's not all the details, it's not all the bells and whistles, it's not going to be one plan for 20 years. It's going to get you like, it's going to get your mindset it's, it's going to get the, the, the train move in the right direction. Like, yes. you know, just so you're actually taking action, it's going to point you towards, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I do want to start a Roth, yeah. but it's like, at least gets you, it gets you moving. And the people who are going to put that off for a really long time, they know who they are. Right. Or the mm-hmm. people who know, like, I'm really never going to read a book on this. I don't care about this. I've talked to a couple of friends recently and they're like, I don't want to manage any of my finances, period. And yeah. I'm like, really? Like, it's really, you can just, it can be like huge. We're talking like for a physician, you know, the white coat investor talks about multiple millions of dollars between this decision and this decision over a 20 year period of time, not, even, not to mention a 30 year period of time. Yep. And they're like, yeah, but like, I just don't really want to do it. And I'm like, millions of dollars. <laughs> and they're like, I don't care. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and like, we don't identify with that, but like that person can still hire somebody like you who does, mm-hmm. and then they can go about their life and they don't like, I want to live in the spreadsheet. I like living in the spreadsheet. Yep. I'm going to live in the spreadsheet because I guess I'm just born that way. I just, I like it. I know mm-hmm. I can't get away from it. It's fun. Um, I still enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take away from any of my enjoyment, but like other people don't want to do it. They can for very cheap, create a plan that's Mm -hmm. automated with someone like yourself or or somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a, it's an incredibly valuable product. Like if you made it up and it was just invented right now, you know, you'd be like, Whoa, what does it do? You know, it makes me a bunch of money and I just have to hire somebody and that's all they do for me. Yep. You know, it's one of those things where if you kind of like reverse look at it, you're like, that's an amazing value rather than you feel like you're being sold it then you're like, okay, wait, let me first reject that and let me save my money and assume that it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's reversible. I mean, a lot of people yeah, are doing month sure. to month now and you can just cancel right. anytime you want. Yeah, I, like, I buy stuff. I cancel. I just tried a new cereal, mm-hmm. uh, Magic Spoon. It's amazing. What? Um, what is this? I love it. Yeah, it's really good. It's advertised on tons of uh, podcasts and stuff, which is probably where I heard about it. Right, is but, it a mail order... Um cereal yeah it's one of those companies they just have like one product they make Mm -hmm. super tasty subscription-based cereal um and it's it's low glycemic index but it tastes really good so it tastes like fruit loops is one of the flavors basically and it doesn't have a bunch of sugar like you can eat it and your your glucose doesn't spike so it's super healthy good for kids um it's good for kids it's got healthy oils sugar Mm -hmm. yeah and i was like worst case scenario i spent you know, a silly amount on cereal, like for one month, mm-hmm. it's like 40 bucks for four s- smallish boxes. Yeah. And best case scenario, I'm healthier, actually eat breakfast in the morning, which I do now. Yeah. And I'm more energized throughout the day. I'm in a better mood. Yeah. Um, 
It's great. I mean, yeah, I love it. So Magic so, Spoon, if you're hearing you this, we'd be happy to have you sponsor the show. <laughs> so I think yeah, that's you, a great idea. I think they owe us for these last two minutes already. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good example of a reversible decision. And yeah, yeah, sure. I don't mind plugging a company. It's a great example. It's like it's so great. It stands out so much in my mind. Yeah. That I want like other people to enjoy it. And I feel the same way about taking control of, of your financial future. However yeah. you do it, whoever you hire, um, it's great. It's just such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think in that same, yeah, we're talking about making decisions. I talk to, uh, my wife is, and I talk about this all the time. We've talked about it since we were dating of how I make decisions and how she makes decisions. I'm pretty well thought out when I make a decision though, it's done and I've made it mm-hmm. and I move on and, um, I don't have any regrets. And what I think about when I'm making a decision, it's usually bigger decisions. We're not talking about huge decisions, but I think about, okay, what's the worst case scenario here? And am I okay with it? If I am, or it's like, okay, I can deal with it. Or the reward way outweighs the worst case scenario that we make it and move on. You know, case mm-hmm. in point again. So take financial MD. If you're a single resident, it's 45 bucks a month as of today's recording for a financial plan. And yes, obviously we prefer you to stick with that for a long period of time. But if you're like, eh, this wasn't what I thought it was. Um, and you back out, then that's, that's it. It's a month to month thing. And so you're out 45 times how many months you were um, in the program. And if you didn't learn something, then I would be shocked, right? In those few mm-hmm. months where you didn't gain something that was worth the 90 or 150 bucks that you spent on that for a few months of that. And that's, that's the beauty of financial planning is it seems like most of the work is done up front. There's certainly plenty of ongoing work, but it's like, it's like a physician or an ER doc. They come to the ER and you're just trying to get them stable and then you turn them off to internal medicine or to ICU to kind of maintain or keep them alive. But it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I got to bring this guy back to life and then we're going to keep him alive after that works. Yeah, that's right. right here. <clears throat> Which is why a lot of places charge a ton up front. Yeah, um, and I get it. And that's, you know, yeah. I, I second guess that all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I think if I, we wouldn't be the number one financial planner for residents if we were charging, yeah, it's 500 bucks up front and then right. $45 yeah. a month. We just wanted to make it a very low barrier of entry to yep. get some good right. financial planning. So, um, yep, that's great. That's great. I know you, you have a vision for doing more than just bringing on as many, uh, you know, wealthy clients, uh, as you can, or else you wouldn't be doing, uh, that type of work, 45 bucks a month for residents. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good price. Yeah. And for us, it's just financial MD is about being the best in the world at resident financial planning. There's plenty of places out yep. there that are great financial advisors for doctors and that's all they do. But it's $3,000 a year minimum. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, let me think the one offhand that is probably the most well-known as far as I can think of, he's $6,000 a year starting and which a lot of attending physicians are paying that. And that's great. And I get it and they do great work, but I don't know of any residents that are going to pay that. Right. Um, that's 500 bucks a month. And most of the residents I meet with don't have that kind of surplus. So that's all we were trying to do when we started Financial MD. And 
like I said, if the worst thing that happens is you get some education and you come away knowing a little bit more than great. Um, but certainly we wanted to take this show today to help point you in some directions of where to get the education. Um, obviously our kind of flagship, I guess, is our resident lecture series that we do for residency programs all around the country, um, to try to at least get some education out there. Clearly not all of those residents are going to work with us. That's not the point. The point is disseminating the education, getting the knowledge and information out there, um, giving some good follow-up, take action things. And then beyond that, it's, you know, we've obviously got some passive education here at Financial MD between this uh, podcast, our YouTube video channel, um, our blog, the website, the social media channels. We've got all those things for sure. What I love to do throughout the week is I'm watching for videos and articles that I can share with you guys that's going to benefit you. And as I read through, which I do every day, I'm, you know, oh, I'm going to stick this on Twitter or I'm going to throw this on Facebook and um, it's going to be helpful to somebody else, um, especially student loan stuff. I get every day, twice a day, probably emails about Google alerts I have going on with student loans. So rest <laughs> assured, we're staying on top of it and trying to get th- the information out to you guys as fast as we can, um, mm-hmm. which is timely because there's all sorts of flurry of chatter going around about Biden and student loan forgiveness and blah, blah, blah. Like oh, yeah. That's is- an interesting. <laughs> it's a lot that's of higher. I think that's topic. not going to come out to much. My gut is maybe 10 grand per person, which for some people, that's hey, that's great. Kind of what I guessed. Yeah. For yep. doctors, eh, <laughs> like, nah, mm-hmm. worth it. Um, I'll take it. I would take yeah. it. You know, it's 10, 10 grand is 10 grand. It, it would be, it'd be good. You know, yeah. it, it'll make a difference. That's a, that's a reasonable amount. I wouldn't be surprised if it was even lower. But mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe they won't do it at all. I don't know. Um, they'll just weigh out whether it's popular or not. I think is the bottom line. Yeah, depends uh, on the congressmen and senators that are up for election in two years. Yeah, so That's we'll we'll see what happens. Um, any other info you think we should give them? Oh, the other thing I was going to do is just uh, if people have questions, you know, the other obvious channel is to email you, email me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be switching over my email to something probably more official with the financial MD thing soon. Yeah, but uh, we'll my see. my available email is treversmithmd at gmail.com. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I think so, let's, let's launch that. All right, tsmith at financialmd.com. There you go. Yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, you can email me with either one. I, I'm fine with either. Uh, so just first name, last name, md at gmail.com, and then I'll get an email with you too. So it's uh, it's easy. I mean, I check all my emails. It's like, just like everybody else. They all just go to one spot. It almost makes no difference for me. Right. Uh, so anyways, yeah. I mean, my favorite, my favorite conversations throughout the day oftentimes are a friend group chat, just talking about this topic or that topic about finance or Lately, it's been trying to pick out what's the best long-term car, you know, mm-hmm. low price and all that. So, mm-hmm. what do you settle on? Have I, you kind of made a decision, or are you still? I said, well, I'm not going to buy one. I like my car, which I just found out has a, a high, high trade-in value of thirty-three hundred dollars. Okay, and uh, I'm happy with that. I, yeah. I just, 
reread Jim Daly's post on the white coat investor. Mm-hmm. He was driving a Dodge Durango for like forever until like, I think part of it started falling off and it was just encouragement. Like, yeah, other people do this too. Like, and I, yeah. I like my car. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to plan ahead. Like if mine bites the bullet, I don't want to have to feel like I'm scrambling to choose what's the best next car. Yeah. So I already picked out, I think the Mazda CX-5 and the Lexus RX350 are like no brainers. They're both really good. Mm-hmm. You could buy any used model for the Lexus probably from the last 10 years. And for the Mazda, the last three years, it's like, that's great. I mean, you're only going to get down to like 20,000 probably, which is I think out of my price range for the short term. Mm-hmm. But with like a, a used Lexus RX350, and we live in Michigan, so I want an all-wheel drive. I prefer to switch over to an SUV. I drive a sedan right now. Yeah. So, and you target that category. Those two are so reliable. Hmm. It's like, it's insane. It's like a Toyota Corolla. I mean, you know how those yeah. are the gold standard. Yeah. These are like pretty much right up there. Hmm. Sounds like you've done Anyways, your research. I've been, been nerding out on that for like yeah. a week. Huh. I, I certainly have not made my, my hourly... <laughs> You know, they try to say, like, spend your time on a um, project like this that have a, some sort of return. Uh-huh. Like, if you can spend three hours on a car negotiation and save uh, $3,000, you've made $1,000 per hour that you spent on that. Right. Well, I mean, I'm definitely, definitely making, like, $2 an hour right now. But um, it's fun, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you enjoy it. And I know whatever topic you spend your mind on um, is one I can usually ask you about and you become an expert pretty quick. So, um, Just if it saves me money, then usually that's the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. Um, anything else? I think, uh, I think that that's was it. Some good meat. It's fun talking, man. Good. You too. Um, Check us out, guys, on the YouTube. We've got the Didactic Minute video channels you can subscribe to. Um, we've got some great topics that have come out lately, very timely ones that are um, keeping up to date on some of the things that are coming down the pike with student loans. Otherwise, connect with us on Twitter, um, our Facebook page, group, Instagram. There's um, places all over to make sure you're getting the most up-to-date info on financial education for young physicians. Other than that, I'm John. That's Trevor over there. It's me. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Financial MD Show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for another Financial MD Show. Be sure to head over to FinancialMD.com to get more in-depth resources on financial tips for physicians. And don't forget to join the Financial MD Community Group on Facebook, where physicians at all stages of their career gather to share tips and get ideas on achieving true financial success. We'll see you next time. The Financial MD Show is for informational purposes only and is not an offer to invest, is not financial, tax, or legal advice. Be sure to seek financial, legal, or tax professionals when making any financial decisions. Before investing, you should make sure that any investment strategy or investment meets your individual investment needs, goals, and objectives. FinancialMD makes no claims or guarantees to individual investment performance. All investing involves the risk of loss as well as the potential for gain.